I don't know about you, but parenting isn't what I thought it would be. It's way more guilt, anxiety, and chocolate than I ever imagined. I'm so happy and proud of the family we've built, but at other times, I feel like I've lost myself along the way. Parents are human too. You may be one of us absently wandering the aisles of a hardware store pondering, what is this thing called parenting? Welcome, and we're so glad to share this brief part of our journey with you. We're a group of parents and professionals acknowledging all Coast Salish people on whose traditional and unceded territory we live, we learn, we play, and podcast. We'd also like to recognize Fraser House Society, our partner in making this thing called parenting possible. Merry Christmas, ladies. Merry Christmas, Mr. Buble. That was horrible. It was horrible. This is the Naughty and Nice Survival Guide, Naughty and Nice to Ourselves, because there is no one who is judging us more than our own self-judging. We have three things on our naughty list and three things on our nice list. Our first thing on our naughty list that you should not do to yourself is shooting on yourself. I love it. Shooting on ourselves. That yes. basically means putting pressure on yourself to do or be something based on what you think you're supposed to be or do instead of just being you. So I should have the perfect Christmas treats. I should have the perfect gathering or I should have the presents wrapped the perfect way or the perfect tree or you should should... host the big family gathering with all the turkey and your house clean and everybody gathering around and everything perfect and everything decorated perfectly Mm -hmm. or I should have the most expensive gifts for all the people Mm. in my life despite what it would do to my personal budget but this is all self-criticism. Yes. So you, you wonder where does this come from and whose voice is it that's in your head? Where, where did we learn that? I have to say ever since I've heard it, and, and I actually love this phrase, but I've now been very aware of how often I say this and how often I hear other people say it. Yeah. And I hear now, it all the time now too. Yes. Yes. We all say it without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to do when I hear myself say it, or when I'm about to say, you know, I should do the laundry, I should get that report done, I should finish that choreography, I'm now stopping and asking myself, but what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then usually I find that the answer is helping me decide what to do first. And I've actually found that it helps improve my productivity. And really what I want to do is to complete the to-do list. So I feel relaxed and less anxious and it's kind of helped me to sit down and prioritize so I can be proud of the accomplishments instead of sitting there shitting myself. (laughs) Because let's be honest, this to-do list is endless. This to-do list Mm -hmm. is never going to be complete. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying about prioritizing, but there's no way we're ever going to reach that pinnacle of like a completely cleared off deck of things that need to be done. And we're only going to be in a sense of like obligated. I know for me, when I have a bunch of things on my list and I sit down, then I start to feel guilty about resting. But how do we switch that narrative in our minds to no, actually, this is a priority right now. Rest is my priority. All those other things are not going away. (laughs) 
I found a really helpful question with the whole shitting on yourself is um, what does it say about you if you are able to do all those things? Or what does it say about you if you aren't able to do all those things? And what that all comes down to for me is what Brene Brown calls hustling for your self-worth. And, you know, if I can do that, it means that I'm good enough. I'm a good enough daughter. I'm a good enough wife. I'm a good enough mom. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing things good enough. You're not really pleasing anybody else. People don't really care that much, whether you do it or not. It's ultimately yourself and this image that you feel like you have to live up to. So my very favorite, favorite great aunt, we're so excited. We loved going to her house. We loved celebrating. We loved everything about Christmas. And I remember as we got older, she said, I'm not even gonna put a Christmas tree up this year. Nope. I, I don't like Christmas. Nope. I, I only do it for everybody else. I don't love. And I was like, oh my gosh, bah humbug. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, especially in that generation, you know, she, you know, in the fifties, like raising kids and being, you know, your typical fifties housewife, Mm -hmm. you do everything Mm -hmm. there the handling, the gift situation, the decorating, the cleanup, the cooking. And we did the cooking, like in our, in my family, when we do Christmas, everyone brings something. We all contribute together. It's not all on one person. And then the cleanup was all on you. No one helped mm-hmm. with the cleanup either. Yep. And it's exhausting to mm-hmm. host, to do all that stuff by yourself. So as I became older, I was like, no wonder you do not love the holidays. And I'm sorry, I'm sad that her whole life, it was a, it was not a great experience for her, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so when we talk about shitting on ourselves, that's something I want to hold in my mind about the shitting part. Am I taking all the joy out of this for me and thereby other people too? I think we fool ourselves into thinking, Hey, if I totally self-sacrifice and make it joyful for everybody, that's going to be a good experience. But our kids just want us to be there with them. Our yeah, families exactly. just want us to be experiencing the joy alongside them. Yeah. And I think about like, you know, when you have a laugh and you, and a kid is laughing, they laugh so hard. What do they do? They look around for eye contact. They look to see who else is laughing mm-hmm. Absolutely. have that connection. Yes. And I think this holiday season, especially that's what I want to try to remember. No shitting on yourself this holiday season, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next one? Number two, not saying no. Ooh, this is a huge one. This is a huge one. And it has been a hard learned lesson for me along the way. Brene and her sisters were talking in one of their podcasts about choosing discomfort over resentment. And the discomfort is the discomfort of saying, no, I cannot do that. And turning somebody down who was really hoping you'd pick up this amazing project because you'd be really great at it and it would be so amazing. But you say no. And there's discomfort in that, in saying no, versus the resentment of you choose to say yes to it anyways. And the whole time you're like, stupid thing. I hate this stuff and I hate doing this. And everybody expects me to do all this stuff. And it literally eats you alive. And literally because you said yes to it, you may be bitter and resentful about that for decades to come versus a few moments of discomfort of saying, thanks for asking me, but no, I just can't do this right now. That's been hard for me because I feel like I want to do so many things, but I can't. Or as I always say, I always use the expression, my brain or my heart is writing checks that my body can't cash. Discomfort or resentment. I got to keep that top of mind. 
I have the disease to please. <laughs> the disease to please. Nice. I have the disease to please. And so this time of year, it's a real tough one. Yeah. Just saying no. Yeah. Just saying no. Or I find it helpful. Like I heard someone say this to me once when I invited them. I had so much respect for them. And it's someone I care about deeply and invited them for something. And they said, I'm going to have to decline. And I was like, oh, sure. Okay. Like it felt like not like a no, like I, you know, and I, and I didn't want a BS excuse either, you yeah. know, be honest with me. I don't want you to put yourself out if you don't have the bandwidth or like you say, your, your body can't cash the checks that your heart wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being honest or like, I'm going to have to decline or, or the bandwidth is all used up. I would yeah. love to. Um, yeah, no, the, the, I think just finding ways to state it is kind of helpful. Yeah. Uh, someone said it to me and I was like, ah, cool. Totally. I can say it that way. But mm-hmm. I, I actually, when I think about this, I go back to where did we learn that it's, that it's wrong to say no. And Patriarchy. I know, <laughs> yes, I know it started as a child mm-hmm. when we were taught that children are to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. So therefore, and obedient. Yes, our yeah. voices and our opinions didn't matter. So you didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more true for women, I think, than men. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Women are and expected I'm, to always say yes. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I am a survivor of assault. And I felt guilty for not saying no loud enough or mm. firmly enough, mm-hmm. which goes back mm-hmm. to the shooting we talked about. Mm-hmm. But through the years, I've actually found that I've been proud of saying no in certain circumstances. Mm. I love that. I felt that when you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've felt proud. Saying no actually feels good. The last of our naughty list is false expectations. You know, whether they're imposed by our culture or our religion, I know for me, it's a lot of balance and expectations in the sense that I come from um, a double blended family. So my direct parent, actually both of us, myself and my partner, both of our parents are divorced and have split family. And then my my children, one is uh, my stepchild and one is a bio child. So we share one of them and then one of them we have full time and then we have multiple houses on both sides. So if anyone's ever seen that movie Four Christmases um, with, with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn, that's, I'm not going to say that's my family, but it does feel like we have four to five Christmases every year. Wow. And For one point in my life when I was younger, it was one Christmas and you could just soak in that one day, hang out in your jammies, watch movies, be by the fire. Whereas now Christmas is awesome and I love it. I love that we have so many people in our life that love us, but it definitely is that, okay, so we're going here this night and then in the morning here, we're going here and then we're going there. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone with a lot of people that are probably listening. And so it's like, okay, we've got the gifts for these people. Okay. We've got them all lined up in this bag, ready to go. Okay. And then, oh, and this one, we're doing a secret Santa. Okay. So we have this type of, okay, here we go. We've got this. Okay. We're bringing an appy to this one. All right. And then this one, we have to bring the 
mashed potatoes and gravy or whatever it is. And it's like a full on coordination of multiple events with materials and, and um, full on production, production, costume changes, you know, this, and it's beautiful and wonderful, but I'm not going to lie. There was some relief in that, in that we just had our quiet one little Christmas together. And so it's, it's mixed feelings when, you know, we have the, the, the train of expectation and, and I don't feel like it's put on us. We want to be a part of all these things. It's just a nature of the circumstances that are our family. So I think having the false expectations that we can show up and be amazing and do everything is the thing that we're kind of trying to be mindful of and be creative around. And what are our expectations of ourselves, and what can we tell other people that um, still preserve the, the presence of the holiday and not the chaos of uh, the go, 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 go constant. I heard something great about expectations. I heard this probably 25 years ago and it was on a radio station. And they asked couples who had been together who'd been married for more than 50 years, what was the one thing that kept them together? But the number one thing that kept these people together was lowering their expectations. And that really, really spoke to me. When I expect help and no one knows why, then I'm frustrated when the dishes are still in the sink Mm -hmm. and the dirty clothes are on the floor. And I'm expecting my family to know that I'm frustrated yes. instead of telling them. So yes. it works out a lot better. <laughs> and it's yes. something I'm continually working on. And I remember, Ashley, you saying something that you were inviting your, your children to help set the table instead of telling them to set the table. And I really thought that was a fantastic way to approach thank you exactly so rather than taking it all on your shoulders to curate the perfect holiday experience you're inviting people to come along with you or giving them a responsibility and say you know what table setting this is on you you go you set the table however you want this is our special Christmas table give it a go and I think what we talked about too was the most important thing is we can't go and overcorrect what they do then. Yes. Because mm-hmm. then that will appreciate dis- the way others do it. And it may not be the same way we do it, but appreciate mm-hmm. how others do it. This is moving us into our nice category. Ashley, do you want to do the first one? Because you're really passionate about this one this year. Oh, I'm, I'm so passionate about this. Yes. <laughs> This is, okay, a nice list. Number one, everybody, here's what we're all going to do. We are going to take a real day off. What? Yes, you heard it here. Yes, we are taking a day off. And what that means is we're not cooking. We're not cleaning. We're not organizing. We are going to do something that we want to do, not that we have to do. Or that thing that always gets pushed off the list because there's so many things that we have to do. No, 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 no. We're going to do that thing we want to do. And if it's lying in your pajamas, having like a, like an eighties movie marathon or 
you are going for a walk with a good friend out in the forest, or you're actually going to see those Christmas lights, whatever it is that feels right for you to recharge. Because I think too much of the time around the holidays, it doesn't even feel like a holiday. Like sometimes I feel like I need a holiday from my holiday Mm -hmm. where it's been more busy. It's supposed to be a time of rest and enjoyment and rejuvenation. And it often, I know for me, and this is my own doing, not an expectation, it's my own doing, where I just feel way too exhausted. And so I'm consciously going to declare a mom's day off. Well, that's funny because when you say we're going to take a day off, the first place my mind went was a day off of what? A day off of work or of being a mom or or being a wife or looking after the dogs or the Mm -hmm. cats or cleaning the house or doing the laundry or getting ready things ready for the next day. I would say it's taking a day off from all of your roles and just being you Mm -hmm. it should be Mm -hmm. peaceful I find Mm -hmm. that it would be peaceful but I do think that it would take me a few minutes I'm not sure how long for my mind to actually relax Mm -hmm. and stop shooting I think Kathleen's bringing up a really good point in that uh, some people are going to really struggle with this concept of taking a whole day off so I was thinking like for myself Um, I don't have very many supports in place um, with my child. So it's pretty tough for me to take a day off, Mm -hmm. but what's like an entry level thing or, you know, with yoga, you always have the modified positions because you can't do the full Mm -hmm. position. What's a modified day off? (laughs) I love it. Even if it's a couple hours, Mm -hmm. even if it's a couple hours or if you have support for a couple hours, that's the gift. That's mm-hmm. the gift you get for yourself, whether it's that support, but it's consciously saying, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Or your kid has that extra iPad time, you know, whatever your kid loves that you're like, oh, I should probably limit that. You know what? Today's the day. This is the, the day where the limits don't apply. So yeah, even if it's just an hour and a walk yeah. with your friend, or just even if you have your kid in a stroller and just you know you're attending to your friend and Mm. um, having that walk together or it doesn't necessarily need to be a full day that's pretty you know that can be a a, a pretty large commitment depending on your situation yeah it could be as much of a stressor as regular life just trying to make that whole day but uh, making Mm -hmm. something that like, you know, try it out, try it on, see, mm-hmm. see what it feels like for a few hours if a whole day seems ridiculous. And I would also throw out there too, I would say if you are a solo parent with limited resources and supports around you, try asking the people that you do have around you. Maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's neighbors or somebody, somebody like that. Try asking them for a Christmas gift of them helping take take care of your kid for a couple of hours and plan your thing that you're going to do for that couple of hours. And that's risky doing that. That requires vulnerability, but it could also be, you could see it as a thrill. Let's see what happens with this. And I've had people turn me down. I've tried this kind of thing before and I've had people turn me down and they were using their boundaries and saying no to what they couldn't take on. So then it becomes a little bit harder, but I think it's worth it to try it out. And I think probably at least 50% of the people in my life, as many people that have turned me down, there's as many people offering to help. That just makes me smile, Karen, that, mm-hmm. that 
you having, again, being vulnerable enough to ask, because mm-hmm. that, that's a hard thing to do. It is so hard. And, and when people are, decline, mm-hmm. that you put on a smile, mm-hmm. but it hurts your heart. Absolutely. Right? And you over justify, um, you're like, yes, I totally understand. You've got so much on your plate. And, uh, and at the same time, you're like, your hope is dying inside inside. Yes. But yes. it's important to get back up again and ask someone else again and keep asking. And eventually you're going to find people that are going to say yes and are going to be able to help you out. Our next nice thing is meaningful opportunity to contribute. Sometimes we call it gratitude, but really what Mm -hmm. this is about is creating that meaning for ourselves. And I think too, like what, what are we really doing in the holiday season? Whatever, whatever tradition you do celebrate, what, what does it really mean? And are you doing that? What is it that the, the holidays are really about? And I think coming off a pandemic last year, when we couldn't be with our loved ones, Mm-hmm. But it was just about family. What our kids missed was family and being with the people that we love. And, and so that I think has really helped us be number one uh, or, or realize what number one is for this year moving forward. And I really want us to take that and keep that and a meaningful opportunity to really con- connect and tribute, contribute and be grateful. So being really grateful this year that we are going to get to see our family. One thing I would want to say too, is that uh, we try and involve our kids in something that is giving about the season. Like my husband will just take my son and they'll run to McDonald's, buy a whole bunch of burgers and just go find anyone that looks like they might want a burger and just give them out on the street. Some people are really suspicious, but they're all wrapped up (laughs) in their really, you know, their official McDonald's wrapping. Yeah. And then just our, our son gets the opportunity to realize what it's like to be giving to others. It's one thing when you put some money in the Salvation Army little bin, when you're at the store and you know, that's a thing, but you actually get to physically see in a moment and it's not hard and we can show them, Hey, it's not hard to give. It's not hard to care about others that might not have what we have. So just little things like that. They just do it. They don't even tell me. I remember I was like calling them one time. I'm like, where are you guys? Like, Oh, we're just giving out burgers. I'm like, Oh, go you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Never mind. I don't, it's fine. You're not home right now. I think that giving thing is really important because I'm in a position in my life right now and I'm in a really unique spot where I, my son just needs way more supports than we're able to get. And, and I'm really struggling and I'm on a medical leave right now. And I'm in a position where I'm being forced to receive uh, a lot of things and I don't have as many opportunities to give, but I find, and I'm a huge daydreamer when my thoughts are, you know, daydreaming and roaming and going all over the place, I'm finding that I'm coming up with creative things and ways that I can give back to other people because that is a part of my mental wellness and it's, and it creates meaning. We've been described as one of the most vulnerable families in the province right now with my son's behavioral needs. And still, even in that, I find that I need to give back and I need to find that meaning and giving back creates that meaning as Kathleen has brought up many times before. Well, I, Karen, I have always felt that contributing has been a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And Ashley, what you said reminded me when I lived downtown in my early twenties on my own and I didn't have a lot, but I would, I'm in the arts and I would go to events And in these events, I would ask for any of the leftover sandwiches and I would take them 
and walk the streets of Vancouver and hand them out to the people sitting under the doorways with blankets. And I was always amazed at their appreciation. And sometimes I would have choices. I'd be like, you would like an egg salad sandwich or a ham sandwich? And they'd look at me like, I have a choice? Yeah. It, it, was, it was so much gratitude, but they had no idea that it also made me happy. Mm-hmm. And at one time, I did a loop. There was a, a big square of four different streets. And I was on the third street. And there's a group of, of young people. And two of them said, oh, no, you got us on. And they named a different street. And I said, well, it's okay. I'm you know nearing the end and I have more. And they said, no, I want you to save it for somebody else who could use it. Or Aww. somebody else that it could. And that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. It, really, it really spoke to me. And as I was walking home, I, I thought, because I lived downtown and I looked at all these buildings and I thought, if I went into one of these corporate offices, these buildings, and I offered every single person a $100 bill and I came to an office and there had been people that I already gave money to and I didn't know, if I offered them a second one, would they have told me? Mm-hmm. It just, it was that, that little wonder moment. Yep. Um, but these people had such compassion for others and yep. it just it made my heart happy. Yeah, no, and so. I've had quite a bit of experience working with the homeless population and they have some of the biggest hearts mm-hmm. and yes. they are the biggest givers yes. and the mm-hmm. most concern for people around them. In many ways, they are far more socially intelligent than anybody you're going to find in corporate North America. Like it's it's phenomenal because because they've seen pain, they understand pain. And they want to help relieve others' pain. And that Mm -hmm. also gives meaning when we're able to contribute to the world around us. Well, Mm. I would like to show my son all walks of life Mm -hmm. and how to have compassion for everybody. Mm -hmm. And last year at the Christmas season, I I suggested adopting a family to Mm -hmm. so that we could, because we help out quietly many, many different areas. But I thought this would be nice for him to be a part of. Mm-hmm. He was so excited about mm-hmm. going shopping and getting gifts. And we did ask for them to have children. Yeah. And you could see the enjoyment. And I thought, you know, that is the meaningful opportunity to contribute. Mm-hmm. Because not only is, are we helping others, my son has already, is already learning that that is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And I would want to, up the ante on that one even and say what if we could give the family that we are adopting an opportunity for them to find a way to also give back because Mm. it's nice it it creates a position of superiority it can create an inequity with the uh, with the people who have the power and the means to give and the people who are essentially forced to receive so mm-hmm. if we could create events, especially if you know who the family is that you're adopting, create some kind of a forum or a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. So even if the family is like creating, uh, you're creating an opportunity to pay it forward or you're giving them something and you say, you know, I'm giving this uh, to you. Can you find a way to give away 10% of it or give, find a way to give, you know, share it with your neighbors or something like that. 
so that there's always opportunity to pay it forward. And that creates incredible community health. We did the same thing last year with adopting or adopting a family. And it was, it was, there was so much joy in our house Mm -hmm. and I would never have thought of that. So now I'm trying to think of ideas like, here's something like share it with your neighbors or like, here's a craft project in your kit or your hamper or whatever it is. That's a craft project that has the suggestion of paying it forward. Or if there's a monetary gift included, a a suggestion that goes with it of it's, you know, they're, they, they keep 50% of it and it's their option to pay forward the other 50% of it. Mm -hmm. And then that, I think that's a real gift actually. Totally. That's an exciting gift. You know what came to my mind is because we're doing it again this year is I'm going to include potting plants, soil and seeds. That's wicked awesome. They can share, they can, they can grow something and share what they've grown. That's, that's what you just gave me. That's That's brilliant. I love that idea. We always have a stack of like, like boxes of chocolates or something that's already pre-wrapped and ready to go. If you you know, if someone gives you a gift and you're like, oh, I, I got to give that a gift to a teacher or like a something, you know, like your kids' teachers or like just a, a gift that's already pre-wrapped and simple that you could sort of return a favor if someone's given you a gift or mm-hmm. pass it along. Like something like that is probably what I would do is maybe a couple boxes of chocolates that are all pre-wrapped cool. and invite them to, here's a, here's one of those gifts that you can give when you don't have a gift to give. Love it. <laughs> that, oh that my gosh, that a is a hit. great gift. Especially if you're a vulnerable family, giving them a gift that's like a universal gift that you could give to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is freaking brilliant. What's our third one on the nice list? Third one. The last one is accept the love around you. This is a tricky one, (laughs) an important one. But a tricky one. We've been talking, we just talked a ton about giving and the importance of giving and the importance of meaningful contribution and all those things. But it's also really important for us to learn how to receive and specifically receive love. And that might be a self-compassion, loving kindness kind of love to ourselves. It might be about receiving love and care from people around us. Maybe you didn't really think of yourself as a vulnerable person or a vulnerable family and somebody brings you a little care package or something like that. Receive it with an open heart and and feel that love. Take five seconds to just open your heart and receive that love that is coming towards you. And it might be painful at first. If people aren't used to doing that, I think it might be really painful to start with. It was for me, I think when I started practicing these kinds of things, it hurt a little bit because the first thing that came to my mind was I don't have a partner. I don't have, you know, somebody who obviously shows me love. And then I realized, (laughs) in fact, I do this thing every year where on Black Friday, I always uh, post something on my social media that tells single parents to go out and buy all of their stocking gifts for themselves and put it in the stocking that same day and then put it away and don't look in your stocking until Christmas day, because you will not remember... 
the six weeks in between there, you will not remember. And it's going to be like, oh, I love these. Oh, I totally needed one of these. Usually I remember one or two things, but I don't remember everything in my stocking. As I started posting these, I started hearing from all kinds of different people that were saying things like, I'm going to do this for myself, even though I have a partner because my partner never gets me what I want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And not like not even close. Like I hate chocolate and I'm allergic to it. And my husband buys me chocolate every year. Like it's like that bad, right? So it's interesting to get to that point or winding back to that place again of, of just taking in the love that's around you. It doesn't, it's not actually connected to whether you have a loving partner or not. Mm -hmm. It's about your mindset of noticing where the love is. And for me personally, I receive love from nature hugely and Kathleen kind of brought up that she feels that peace in nature uh, a lot of people feel love from pets because uh, pets are just so unconditional with their love and I think that's great I I probably I would say I feel love when I when we do this podcast just because this is such a supportive place to be where we can explore different concepts and and reinforce the good things that need to be in re reinforced with us. There's no toxicity here, so I don't have to fight that here. And that creates a loving environment for me. Just even having the fireplace channel on, it almost like it, it creates the conditions for me to be kind to myself, to be nurturing to myself, to be softer with myself. And I am a recovering self-abuse addict. <laughs> I used to be, say the most hideous things, and I started saying them out loud after a while, um, modeling positive self-talk to kids versus negative self-talk. And I was hideously, horribly abusive. I can't even say those things out loud now because they were so hurtful the way that I used to talk to myself in my mind. Yeah. So just creating those opportunities to receive love, getting a, a hug from a small child, you know, if you have small children in your life, even just holding their hand, like whatever it is that you can come up with of just creating those quick moments. They're not grand romantic gestures. They are not the Hallmark Christmas channel. They are the small little moments and you create them for yourself when you start paying attention and noticing them. Sharon, awesome. you said that beautifully, absolutely mm -hmm. beautifully. Mm -hmm. And You'll laugh when, when you first talked about what does the love around you look like? I thought of what do I wake up to each morning? Oh. A 21 year old cat who's purring by my head. And then when I get up and I walk downstairs, the excitement and the joy of our puppy that's licking me all over the face and so happy to see me. And I'm like, this is just true love. They just love yeah. us. Yeah. And that came before anything else because that's the first thing I wake up to. Mm -hmm. That's so but lovely. I, it's so palpable too, right? That's the in your face. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Literally on and, your head. <laughs> and having, yes. <laughs> and it's every morning and the cat is 21 years old. When my son was, was little and he had some issues with his, mo with mobility, we would go for walks and we would have to take breaks. So we would lay down on the side of the street, sometimes on somebody's just on the edge of their yard, and we would look up at the clouds. Mm -hmm. We would discuss together what they would what they look like. And I smiled the other day because my son got out of the van 
and looked up at the clouds and he said, mom, look, the clouds look like a face. Do you see that nose? Do you see? And look how fast it's moving. And I just smiled and I looked at him and I said, yeah, that's beautiful. And I reminded him that we used to look at the, the clouds together. And he turned and he smiled at me and he said, I know, I remember. I really liked that, mom. And to me, that was love. That he didn't is have love to say, right there. I love you. He didn't have to come and hug me. That those are things you see, and some people expect for that to show love. Mm-hmm. But the way my son told me and really wanted me to know that I remember those times, Mom, and I, I really like those times. That to me was one of the best ways he could have shown me love. I'll, I'll keep that and keep that when my 13, 14 year old is not showing love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way we're talking about lowering expectations. I, I think that's so wonderful because yeah, when we think about love, we all sort of probably have a, a default image of what that looks like, but you're all, you're both describing so many things that are around us almost all the time. And, or like you say, with a, with a teenager, sometimes it can, there can be some grief or mm-hmm. some fear around them not being in that sort of proximity of wanting to hug or snuggle or be even be close to us very, mm-hmm. very often. But those moments are still there. And there's those little callbacks and those special moments. So finding the joy in those. And uh, I think that's so beautiful. And, and the other thing I'll say is by us role modeling as parents, how we are getting our own boats filled by being out in nature or we love decorating and we're just fully decorating we've got the the carols blasting or whatever it is that brings you joy Mm -hmm. that is what's going to permeate and they're taking it in they're Mm -hmm. taking that in we're going to do a quick lightning round literally one sentence that you're allowed to say (laughs) on what your holiday tradition is that you would like to share i'll go first My holiday tradition that I would like to share is really badly decorated gingerbread cookies that I decorate with like a Ziploc bag and cut the edge off and just make my own icing. They look like a five-year-old decorated them, but I'm famous for them now. (laughs) That's what I do. I want to see them this year. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. Our family tradition is watching the Polar Express on Christmas Eve every year. It's a tradition I learned from a family friend, and I'm so pleased that our family really cherishes it too. Ours is a fairly new one, but we all open one gift the night before Christmas. We all get matching onesies or matching pajamas as a family. And then we all wake up Christmas morning and we just chill in our pajamas all day. We all match. And then we force everyone to take a picture. (laughs) I love it. Happy holidays holidays to everyone. And may you be good to yourself and stay on the nice list with yourself and stay off the naughty list. You might need to find a partner to help you stay on the nice list with yourself to share with and make sure that you're following the things that you would like to follow to to find some moments. Not Maybe not the whole season is going to be fantastic. Probably not. But the lowering expectations, right? (laughs) But finding those moments uh, of peace. So we wish you peace and rest 
this holiday season. Follow us on Instagram at thingcalledparenting or email us at thingcalledparenting at gmail.com.